Greetings, I'm Brad Thomas, and this is After All is Said and Done. Welcome. After all is said and done, then we will know, won't we? But perhaps we can know now, if we choose to. Not last program, but the program before, I happened to make mention of the fact that this nation, absent an absolute reformation, nationwide reformation, absent that taking place, that occurring, that this nation is going to be destroyed. Now, of course, there are a great many within all of the halls of power of this nation that would say that such statements as that are crazy, insane, rantings, inflammatory, who knows, at least stupid and backwards and uneducated and so forth. Well, what is Reformation? What is it really? Are you acquainted with anyone having a 500-year anniversary? A 500-year anniversary. That would be a reasonably long marriage, wouldn't it? 500 years. Now, mind you, that would be a brief marriage compared to Adam and Eve and the early people of this earth. 500 years would be brief. (laughs) Hard to imagine. Well, 500 years ago, There was no United States of America. There were no American colonies. 500 years ago, what was there? October 31st, 1517. Martin Luther's 95 Theses on the door of the Wittenberg or Wittenberg Chapel. Martin Luther's name actually is Martin Luther. It's been anglicized as Martin Luther. No relation to Martin Luther King Jr. And no similarity even though some would say, well, they were both great. Great servants of God, great leaders. No, not really. But Martin Luther, it began October 31st, Reformation Day, in the year of our Lord, 1517. We are approximately two weeks from that 500th anniversary. Half a millennia. 
Martin Luther, Martin Luther was a man who had many gifts from God. And for his day, he had great learning, great education. More importantly, was his intellect and his character. Most important was that God imparted his truth to him, opened his eyes concerning so very many things. But at the time of his setting forth of his propositions or theses in writing, Martin Luther was a Romanist of the Romanists, a Roman Catholic of the Roman Catholics. Even as the Apostle Paul was a Pharisee of the Pharisees. Luther or Luther was still deeply bound by the heretical man-made Roman church dogmas that he had been indoctrinated with. and which he slavishly followed. He did not set out to rock the Roman Catholic Church. No, nor even the Pope. But he set out to denounce the utterly iniquitous, utterly unchristian, anti-Christian, pagan, anti-Christ church practice of manipulatively extracting indulgences from the flock. Martin Luther did not at that time recognize the depth of depravity and the dearth of godliness pervasive in and throughout the highest ranks of the Roman Catholic Church. But he was soon to learn otherwise. Reformation, what would Reformation be? We hear various words, various terms, figures of speech used extremely improperly all the time. Redemption is one that is thrown around by every two-bit sports talk jock. Used on all the sports talk programs. They're forever banding it about and making very sullied use of the term. But there are many, many, many other terms that are used either ignorantly and foolishly and to try to make the speakers sound more erudite, more enlightened, more brilliant. Or they are deliberately, corruptively, corrosively, perversely used in order 
to accomplish evil ends. A vivid example of that is the use of the term martyr as used by the Islamist terrorists. A martyr is a Christian who dies for the faith rather than renounce the faith. There have been millions of Christian martyrs in the past few decades. Most of them occurred in Africa. Most of those occurred in Sudan. Again, not Darfur. That was just a drop in the bucket, and that included Muslims being murdered by Muslims. But Christians who were murdered for their faith in Sudan, who were tortured to death in Sudan, in Ethiopia, and elsewhere. As has taken place throughout the Middle East, throughout Asia, throughout the former Soviet Union, and Eastern Europe, and also has taken place in Cuba, or Cuba, in southernmost Mexico and southernmost Philippines, Philippines, Mindanao, in parts of South America, and so forth. But Reformation, what is Reformation? How does Reformation come about? Well, first, how does it not come about? Back in the day, Back in the 90s, when there was the conservative revolution that was just celebrated so greatly by so many, that now there was going to be this great change for the better. And... There would be a great overturning of all of the wrong, unjust, unrighteous, abominable laws that had been put in place. And there were certain high-profile leaders, such as a couple ministers, televangelists in Virginia, who taught, in the case of one of them, taught that we needed to prepare the way for the return of the Lord, and we would do that by reforming this nation. I digress, but his teaching was upside down, inside out. He's still going strong. But the Word of God teaches that the world, and in this case this nation, will get progressively worse before the return of the Lord. It will not improve to make way for the return of the Lord. His teaching was completely, utterly, totally false, fraudulent, wrong, but uh, I don't know who 
if anybody called him on it. I've never heard. But reformation, true reformation, is not motivated to prepare the United States of America or any other nation for the return of the Lord. That's not going to usher in the return of the Lord. This nation being greatly, greatly, greatly changed for the better, greatly improved, would not prepare it for the return of the Lord. That's not to say it wouldn't be a good development. There have been reformations in this nation, reformations plural, Reformation has always been the fruit of evangelistic revival. This was true going back to the period before the official founding of this nation. This was true going back to the very, very, very early 1900s. And also back in the 1880s-ish. It's happened a number of times. It's always been spurred by breathtaking evangelistic revival. That's not the work, per se, of one evangelist, but that's just been a groundswell. You could say a grassroots movement. It's happened a number of times in this nation. It's happened elsewhere. In Wales, for one. And it is desperately needed in every single part of this world. The fruit of that is always good fruit. The Lord said that you shall know them by their fruits. Well, the fruit of true evangelistic revival is always good fruit. And there's always societal reform or Reformation. But again, Reformation is the result. But that's what it would take for this nation to truly recover. That's what it would take. When there has been reform, violent crime has fallen to the floor. There's been just an incredible, sweeping flood change in society, in the way people behave, in the way people communicate. A sea change is the more common terminology, but I see it as a flood change, a tidal wave. 
a tsunami. It just sweeps everything before it. The times in which this nation has changed dramatically for the better have always been limited to those events. And there is no amount of political activism that is going to bring anything like that about. Cannot do it. (laughs) You're putting the secular before the spiritual. You're having the secular cause the spiritual. It doesn't work that way. But this nation, which grows ever more corrupt and perverse and wicked and unjust and unrighteous and dishonorable and far from God, alienated from God, opposed to God, dishonoring of God, disrespectful of God, and absolutely hateful towards God on the part of the socialists, communists, fascists, leftists. The only thing that will change it for the better is one of these events, one of these absolute overwhelming sea change events that should it happen, would sweep the nation. When this happens, it doesn't just happen in a corner. It doesn't just happen in one locale. It has been born by God, and it will sweep a continent. A continent. Now, it would be a very, very wonderful thing indeed were that to occur here in the United States of America, were that to occur in North America, in South America, Central America, in Great Britain, the British Commonwealth, Europe, every part of Europe and Scandinavia, the Euro-Russian continent, Eurasian continent, call it what you will, the Australian continent, it would be a very, very wonderful thing for this to sweep across the African continent and on through the Middle East. These events have brought peace where there was no peace. But it has never been an enduring phenomenon. It is a passing phenomenon. It is a fleeting phenomenon that gives the people of said place or nation or country or continent an opportunity to recover. And while there 
invariably is recovery for a period of time, then people go back to their godless, ungodly, sinful ways, by and large. There are a great many people who believe that we need just the right set of laws or no set of laws or anything but that Christian God, (laughs) but nothing else has worked. Nothing else has brought about this kind of change. I'm Brad Thomas, and this is After All is Said and Done. As I've said before, whatever is good or praiseworthy about this program is thanks to my Lord and God. Whatever is wrong, truly wrong about this program If there is anything truly wrong about this program, it's due to me, my fault. And for your information, this program, after all is said and done, is my least spiritual program. Going back many, many, many moons ago, I started off with a radio program that was intended to be evangelistic, comforting, and what have you. And then I segued to television programs, and I had a television program by this title, which was a public issues-focused program focusing on life and death issues. And then I added a biblical teaching program, a biblical preaching program, and so forth. But this is my least spiritual program. So if it's too spiritual for you, then I've got nothing to offer you that you would prefer. Every time that I see advertisements, whether in October, the month that these organizations have taken for themselves, or whether throughout the year, whenever I see these advertisements that should be very expensive advertisements, but which are undoubtedly donated. These advertisements requesting funding, requesting donations, so that this most important of all causes can continue and increase and expand. That most important of causes being breast cancer awareness. I 
am appalled. Because the truth of the matter is that for decade upon decade upon decade, these organizations, which have been reaping all manner of blessings, raking in boatloads of money to educate people about breast cancer, to protect women from contracting breast cancer, they have insisted on denying the truth, on keeping the truth from girls and young women and young mothers and women in general, keeping the truth from them that induced abortion is directly related to increased incidence of breast cancer and of more virulent strains of breast cancer, more recurrent strains of breast cancer, and earlier onset of breast cancer. And yet they have raked in billions of dollars, including in complicity with the federal government, the United States Postal Service, selling those breast cancer stamps for which they receive so much, but all of the other means, whether it's the NFL with all their pink gear that they're wearing, everything else that's out there, you're just absolutely inundated with it in the month of October, but it continues year-round. And it appalls me that they continue to get away with it. Meanwhile, more women die of heart disease. Not to mention lung cancer. And all of these other things. And of course, the women, the young, young, young women who die of heart events, heart attacks, stroke, or are stricken and paralyzed for life if they are not killed as a result of using contraceptives. But oh, this great cause celeb about breast cancer awareness. Breast cancer awareness. If you look it up, about causes, causation of breast cancer, you will find, and their figures vary from year to year, but you will find that the majority, they say, according, according to these organizations, they say that the majority of cases of breast cancer, that there is no risk factor associated with. How do you like them apples? Hmm? The majority, and it's actually a large majority, there is no risk factor associated. It's not a matter of you having inherited this gene. No. It's not that you've been drinking too copiously, alcoholically, Alcoholic beverages, that is. It's not that you have too much of this in your diet or this, that, and the other thing and whatever various different 
things they have assigned as being risk factors, none of which, none of which is as clearly, unmistakably, biologically linked as the abortion breast cancer link. But the majority of women who contract breast cancer, the majority of women who undergo these terrible treatments being poisoned via chemotherapy, being burned, irradiated via radiation therapy, being maimed and mutilated via surgery, the majority of them, the majority of those cases are not linked to any specific risk factor. Oh, what great breakthroughs they've made! With these billions of dollars, what great breakthroughs they've made. And, oh, they've just spread the awareness. And, and so they need to keep it up because, after all, girls and young women and young mothers and women, they haven't heard that there is breast cancer. They haven't heard that there's danger of contracting breast cancer. They haven't heard about this. Really? We've been inundated with a flood of that, and it has not made a difference. But meanwhile, no money and no donations, no donated time, no advertising time, nothing, no word from major media can ever be made concerning the abortion breast cancer link. Why? Because it's politically repugnant. Because it's diametrically contrary to their great agenda of promoting induced abortion. Well, I know I shouldn't get so worked up over it. After all, it's just millions of lives. Millions of young women that are now contracting breast cancer at ages that were unheard of several decades ago. But I'm the bad guy, okay? I am the bad guy. Not these that are raking in hundreds of millions upon hundreds of millions of dollars and meanwhile denying the truth and keeping it from the women. But I'm the bad guy. Because I put myself into poverty trying to communicate that truth. But anyway, it's just one drop in the bucket. It is just one, one of the many tentacles. So not a drop in the bucket. It's, I don't know. How much does a bucket hold? Maybe a bucket holds... Yeah, 10 gallons, so maybe it's just, you know, one quart in the bucket. But anyway, it's one of the tentacles in their octopus battle plan is to promote induced abortion, promote sexual promiscuity, 
promote it, promote it, promote it. Promote sexual promiscuity among the very young. Promote sexual experimentation and perversion among the very young. Promote induced abortion and infanticide. Promote pornography and such pornography. Promote the whole sodomite agenda. Corrupt and pollute and pervert all of the people, but especially the younger generations. The oldest generations, they're dying off. Don't need to worry about them. Even though many of them have been part of the problem, many of them are very foolish and blind, spiritually blind. Whenever I hear this about, oh, what great wisdom there is among the eldest people, again, it does not resonate with me for the simple reason that there are so many of the older people who are not godly, not God-fearing, not God-honoring, not God-loving, and who have not done a dime's worth of anything to try to raise up godly generations. And instead... Many of them foolish, selfish, materialistic, shallow, sinful. Adulterous and what have you and unfaithful and you name it. So I just, it's like, no. Being respecters of persons and honoring people instead of honoring God is not a prescription for success, for a person, for a family, for a nation. The United States of America, in spite of everything wrong with it, in spite of everything that is so lacking, has been so lacking, it nonetheless has served as a bulwark, a protection, has borne up the Western nations and protected them from being overthrown. Overthrown by nations that are hell-bent on enslaving the whole world. Regimes that have never surrendered their ambitions to enslave the world. But this nation and the Western nations are honeycombed, not just with a couple hundred thousand plus Chinese spies, not just that but honeycombed at the highest levels with people, 
political leaders and such who are completely, utterly, totally sold out, hell-bent on destroying this nation. They hate and despise God and his Christ. They hate and despise those who worship God and obey God. They typically hate and despise the military and the Secret Service and so on and so forth. But use them, manipulate them. This nation has suffered so long from these movers and shakers, from these leaders that date back to Germany long before Hitler. That date back to the Roman Empire. And that would include, of course, the Holy Roman Empire, so-called. But This nation owes its survival not to standing armies, not to nuclear stockpiles, not that doing away with these would help its livelihood, but it doesn't owe its survival to those things. It owes its survival to God Almighty. That is absolutely true of Israel, tiny Israel. Tiny Israel, it's appalling. So many intelligent, talented people at the highest levels of leadership in Israel believe that their survival is due to technological superiority. It's not. Israel, tiny, modern state of Israel, depends, even though it doesn't recognize it, it depends on God for its survival, not on the United States of America. When someday in the not-too-distant future, Israel is the last free nation standing, those words will be borne out. Not that they will be on file or record anywhere. (laughs) They won't. They won't. But they will be borne out. They will be proven to be true. Israel will be the last standing free nation. Even though it is socialist. Even though there's so much atheism there. Even though there's so much perversity there. Corruption there, materialism there, foolishness, blindness, selling their military technology to their enemies. In spite of all of that, in spite of having all of Islam focused and targeted on them, on destroying them, on annihilating them, on obliterating them, in spite of all of that, Israel not the United States of America, Israel will be the last standing nation. It will not stand. It will fall, but it will be the last one to fall. 
according to the Bible that I read. And it will not be due to its wisdom, not due to its godliness. It will be in spite of those things. It will be because of the choice of God and the mercy of God and the plans and purposes of God and the promises of God. You know, we supposedly are under the control, you could say, at the mercy, you could say, of global climate change. You know, these fires that have been raging uh, north of San Francisco, in the San Francisco Bay Area north, and in Oregon, and in Washington State, and in Montana, and in Canada, And annually in Colorado, I haven't heard of any there this year, but annually they have them. And in Southern California and so forth. These fires now are being said to be due to global climate change. The global climate change is such a breathtaking bugaboo. And what I mean is this. There is, there has been, there will be global climate fluctuation. But it is not due to man as far as owing its existence to industry. No. Every time there's a volcano, a volcanic eruption, every time there's an earthquake and magma flow from that as you get from volcanoes, every time there are events like that, they contribute vastly greater volumes of material into the atmosphere than all of the industry put together. But the liars and destroyers who have their battle plans who seek to manipulate nations into surrendering their national sovereignty into yielding to them and becoming members of one world regime, they use ploy upon ploy upon ploy, and they use tactics which they can put into force various different ways. If you go back to these the silly movies. Movies such as the Bond movies, James Bond movies, and so many others, not to mention ad nauseum television programs that 
will focus all of the jeopardy and the danger and the whatever in the world on an individual or a group or a rogue regime that is threatening the safety of the world. And then some secret agent or agents or what have you are sent in and they save the day from this terrible, mad, hatter individual. You know, uh, like <laughs> someone comes to mind, Kim Young-un comes to mind. Kim Jong-un comes to mind. But it's never the major players. It's never the major regimes, the superpowers. It's never the Russian Federation. It might be some crackpot general who is a rogue such and such within the Russian regime and who is doing this without their knowledge It may be some North Korean general who's gone off the plantation, so to speak, who's not keeping peace. He's gone off the reservation. He's gone out of the company. He's gone out of their military ranks. Maybe they've thrown him out. Maybe they've run him out of town on a rail. And now he's going to get back at them and show them how brilliant he was. And you see this theme over and over and over again. You see it in the Die Hard movies. And you see it in so many others. Is there some disaffected person? They've got a chip on their shoulder that they're so big about talking about in the NFL. A chip on their shoulder because someone has done them some slight. Someone has offended them. Uh, They didn't get enough love as a child or whatever it happens to be. And so they are going to strike back at this nation, at this group of nations, at the world as a whole with some doomsday weapon or some outbreak of disease. You know, just like Prince Philip saying that When he dies, he would like to come back as a deadly plague to destroy billions of people. Talk about, you know, lofty aspirations, right? That's Prince Philip, Queen Elizabeth's husband in his 90s. Great guy. But the truth of the matter is, These natural occurrences, volcanoes, tidal waves, tsunamis, earthquakes, tornadoes, hurricanes, they can cause greater devastation than man-made weaponry. They can cause more extraordinary devastation to this world. Now, God has said he's not going to flood the earth again. He will not flood the earth again with water. 
and his covenant with man is the rainbow in the clouds. When it rains and when the sun is out. A covenant with man and to remind God of his covenant and not to flood this world under water and destroy all of mankind. But it will burn. It will burn. There will be extraordinary heat and fire, and it's not going to be a result of global climate change. It's not going to be a result of global climate fluctuation. But the world planners, these damnable social scientists, social engineers who are hell-bent on destroying this world, making it one huge enslaved regime and slaughtering off most of the billions of people. They are using all of their little tactics to attempt to cause the leadership of the nations to capitulate, to surrender their national sovereignty and to become part of that regime. It's remarkable, but it's true. It's been long running, long going, just like the noted, notorious, dare I say, oriental long game plan, and the same the Soviets. It's not a matter of what's happening next quarter. Instead, it's 50 years out, 100 years out. So too here. And so they will use this bugaboo of global climate change. And they will teach it to the youngest children, and they have. And get them to act on it. And they will cause the young people to vote. They will give them the vote. Thank you, Richard Milhouse Nixon. 18-year-olds should vote. Why should they vote? Because they're ignorant, comparatively. Because they have no life experience, relatively. Because they have no historical understanding, typically. Because a great, great, great number of them have no faith in God. And the list goes on. Put them in charge. But not just the global climate change, bugaboo, and the pollution thing, but AIDS and the epidemics and the pandemics and Islamist terrorism, and every other thing that they can find, financial collapse is a great one. Every other thing that they can manipulate, every other problem that they can come up with and they can promote world war that requires the cooperation of multiple nations to deal with it. No one nation can deal with it. No one nation can solve it. We need multiple nations to do this. We need a confederation of nations 
We need a vast global alliance. And so it goes, and on it goes, and it will go right up until the point at which they have achieved that and they have brought all nations to kneel, not in reverence to God, but to them and to serve their purposes. They're anti-God, anti-people purposes. I'm Brad Thomas, and this is After All is Said and Done. After all is said and done, then we will know, won't we? But perhaps we can know now if we choose to. Thank you.